Welcome to Game Dance. Welcome to Game Dev's Quest. Game... Uh, you heard it. I ain't changing it. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Good job. Boom. It's been a fun week. Uh, I'm excited to be back with Taylor. Uh, we freaking... Um, I don't know. It was a little fun, like, engaging more on Twitter this week, a little bit more on Twitch. I saw your stream earlier. Um, and, of course, we dropped a special episode, uh, so hopefully you guys have already listened to that. This will come out weeks yeah. if not months <laughs> after weeks, probably but uh we uh released our episode where we went to capital tap rooms bar vr night on fridays and uh played some vr with uh jeff solium yeah super fun and uh yeah it was a blast and uh, i had a great time re-listening to that episode and sort of like reliving what we did taylor posted some funny videos of me <laughs> Sp- I have that yeah. full video if you want to watch it, but I thought that <laughs> I thought that nine second clip like captured it pretty well. Dude, yeah, I look like a badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, dude. Uh, yeah, it was... I have no shame, Taylor. You see, I uh, I I have a little bit of what the ancient Greeks uh, referred to as cynicism. Do you mean you mean the Buddha? <laughs> uh, I'm past the Buddha episode I, on, okay. on Philosophize This now. Yeah, I'm sure. I, uh, no, I just learned about the cynics, actually. And uh, I was like, huh, I've got a little bit of cynic in me because I just have, like, no shame. <laughs> you know? Like, I can't remember, this, like, who it was, this story. Uh, I, I guess it was, like, the Zeno guy was, like, trying to learn about... The guy who... I think Zeno was the one who did Stoicism, right? Yeah, I think and, so. He was, like, the uh, he, the ri- the original Stoic. OG Stoic yeah. Zeno. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of the episode right yeah. there. <laughs> uh, he, um, yeah, so Zeno went into Athens uh, after crashing his boat, like you do, and he uh, wanted to uh, learn more about philosophy, and he found this guy named Diogenes who was doing this thing called uh, cynicism. I guess I don't know if that's the proper like the yeah. cynics. I don't know if it's called cynicism or not, like stoicism. Cynic- anyway, Di- uh, Diogenes, Diogenes, right? Was, yeah, yeah. Diogenes, <laughs> dude, was like, the way he Yo, describes, dude. yeah, the way he he's describes like... Diogenes is so priceless. <laughs> he's uh, Diogenes goes, "Yo, dude, if you want to learn my secrets, you're gonna carry this bowl of lentil soup around." And he's like, he's like, "But this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed about carrying this bowl of lentil soup around." So naturally, Zeno did what anybody who's embarrassed by a bowl of lentil soup would do. He tried to hide it under his robes. And when Diogenes saw him, he broke the... uh, It was a pot, actually. And he broke the pot of lentil soup, hidden underneath his robe, with his staff. and uh, And it splashed lentil soup all over Zeno's body. And he ran and hid because he was so ashamed of the lentil soup. If Diogenes would have done that to me, I'd have been like, all right, I guess I'll carry this pot of lentil soup around. <laughs> and then if I would have been dumb enough to like hide it under my robes and Diogenes broke it, I would have been like, I guess I'm going to be covered in lentil soup for the rest of the day. <laughs> well, what I what I remember most specifically is uh, he was saying that Diogenes basically just didn't care about anything. And so yeah, he <laughs> he'd, he'd literally go like pee in the streets or people would be like, who is this dog? And then he'd start like barking at them. And, uh, right. you know, just acting Be- crazy. And and he also said that um, Alexander the Great, like, came yeah. up to him and he was like, oh, Diogenes, whatever, you know, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm the king. And he's like, yeah, could you move your block in the sun? And <laughs> Alexander thought that was like the funniest thing ever. And so he's famous for saying, like, if if he could be any other person besides himself, he would be Diogenes. Which is like pretty <laughs> crazy Diogenes coming from said, Alexander uh, the Great. Oh yeah, what did what I, did he say? And and then Diogenes had said, if I could be anyone other than Diogenes, I would be a Diogenes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
dude. Yeah. And, uh, like, if you're Alexander the Great, anyone who mouths off to you, you could just, like, have him killed on the spot. But he thought it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, if you think about that, like, single-handedly the most powerful person to probably exist at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'd be Diogenes. <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, so there's our philosophy. Uh, obviously, if you haven't gone and listened to it yet, listener, you should go and check out Philosophize This, a freaking fantastic philosophy podcast. Um, yeah, for real. Yeah, it's interesting because I definitely have some stoic in me. I mean, I definitely think I'm more of a stoic than I am a cynic. Oh, and that's why the dog-like thing, because the word cynic, the Greek root traces its roots oh, back right. to dog-like. Um, yeah, that's right. But um, I definitely have Stoke in me more than Cynic. But the one thing I don't uh, that they were talking about a lot in Philosophize This was like the belief in fate. Yeah. Uh, I don't really believe in fate. Nah, me neither. Um, well, and that's that's the thing that I was realizing, and I may have mentioned this last time, was after listening to just a couple episodes about I think cynicism, Buddhism, and Stoicism, I kind of felt like I'm. I have a mix of all of those as far as like my own philosophy, you know? Yeah. So I think we might've talked about that last time yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, like our, our sort of like, uh, we cut and paste the best aspects. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Oh geez. Garbage man's here. What a douche. <laughs> what a low, what a lowly garbage man. It's my How dad. Dare he? Oh no, it's not. <laughs> Oh, I was like, oh, my dad is a garbage man. He's been a dude. My dad has been a garbage man for almost forty years. <laughs> uh, well, I that's why I was saying lowly garbage man to be a douche. Uh, oh, gotcha. It, yeah. it runs. It work. runs in the family of bukites, dude. I sh- really, I should dude. probably quit my job and become a garbage man just to. When I look at your face, I think, garbage what a man. gross garbage man. <laughs> Uh, dude, I like how we started this episode as one gigantic tangent. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, anyways, welcome to Game Dev's Quest, your once-weekly podcast <laughs> where we go from uh, total scrub game devs to hopefully something better. Uh, all right, Rhett, let's get into the thick of things. Did we have any challenges yeah. last week? I don't think we did. did. We? I think we're, we've forgotten. Well, that. we had a group challenge. What was our group challenge? To work together more or something? Oh, which we did, and it was a lot of fun. What did we do this week, Rhett? We worked together. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, wait. Uh, yeah, we made a challenge to ourselves to do more Project Euler. Oh, yeah, and we did that right, right after we started recording the podcast, and uh, we hit we hit one that was like really hard, and we were like, huh. That was fun, though. <laughs> it was like... fun. We Well, we did one of them, and it was like, oh, this is cool. Like, we could do this. And then we got to the next one, you know, like number well, three. We, and we're we like... knew it would be hard. Well, we never finished the prime one, yeah. the prime factors, uh, which we could we should go back and do because we finished, like, half the algorithm. Or, well, we completed the – we completed our prime number finder. Yeah. Which was pretty cool to make. I'm not gonna lie; like <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and that um, was one where, um, wasn't that one where I kind of laid out, a, uh, we talked about it and we laid out like an algorithm, and then you ended up doing, you ended up programming it, and you were like, uh, is it? I don't think this is gonna work. And I'm sitting there thinking, you got it, buddy. You got I, I it. I did it to do, be a smartass. What's funny is now I'm having a flashback that we might have already mentioned this on last week's episode. I, I think we may have too. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but we did work together a little bit, right? Yeah, we worked together several times. The the oh, yeah. the thing that's confusing for me right now is that Fourth of July was this Tuesday, and so yeah. that felt like a weekend in itself. And uh, so my days are like I work Sunday through Thursday, which already makes me confused about what day it is. And then to put a holiday right in the middle of the week, it just felt really weird so i think i am confused too but that's okay we did uh we did some more programming together though i think um i think you did some kind of like methods and loops kind of stuff and then we also um two days ago did some unity stuff which was pretty cool 
uh, we just hopped into Unity and basically like created a cube and tried to like move it around on the screen and stuff. And uh, what was the name of that game that you you pulled up? That was it's like this puzzle game. Blocksaurs. Blocksaurs. Yeah, it's like you have kind of this little level that's like a grid system, but each of the levels has like a very small amount of space you can move through and and you have kind of this rectangular prism that you can like flip up and then move back down lay on its side and kind of like move it around and you have to like navigate through this level in order to get it into this hole but you can only navigate in this one particular path in order to get into the hole and and move on to the next level uh which i remember playing that i think in college and thinking like, well, this is a really fun game. So it was Yeah, I think it was just a flash game like available online. Yeah. So Yeah, super fun. And and so it's funny because Rhett was like, Oh, I got this great idea for a game. And you like describe it and then you Google it and you're like, Oh, I think I just <laughs> described this exact game. <laughs> I did, yeah. But anyway, so that was pretty fun working on that. I hope we can do that more often. And and we talked a little bit about um just getting together more often and messing around, working on games and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for the it last, always, uh, the future always looks way more. Uh, the future always looks way more. Uh, I guess better, golden. I don't know what the word is, but it's like over the horizon. Uh, yeah. You know, next week everything will be better, and we'll have more time. <laughs> Every Dude, week, that's see, like our excuse. That's how it always is, though. And that's that's stoicism right there. Like, don't always be thinking about the fu- future. Like, make a change in the present and make the present the future, you know? Because I do that with jobs all the time. I'm like, you know, when I was working at Garmin, I was like, oh, I hate this job. Like, uh, you know, I hate taking calls, whatever. I can't wait until I get onto the next job where I and programming or whatever and i make more money then i get to my next job and it's kind of like well this is better but it's not really what i want to do so i'm just unhappy but if i were to if i were to just change my frame of mind i could have been happy and doing cool things that whole time but instead i just like didn't (laughs) yeah i hear you so so yeah my point was that Let's not look to the future. We got to make our we got to make it happen right now. And that actually brings me to uh, an episode of Butterscotch Shenanigans I wanted to mention. Uh, was uh, I was listening this week? I usually listen to probably like four or five of those a week, just because I'm always listening on my commutes and whatever else at work. Um, so episode 47 is called Scream Tubes and Bacon Babies. <laughs> which by the way that title just captures their podcast like right perfectly. um but in that in the beginning part of that episode they talk about basically like pursuing your passion and like doing what you really want to do and they're always like the whole conversation started with them talking about how they always they'll go to these talks and like of them presenting you know and they always get the question like you know how do you how do you do it? Like, how do you stay motivated to, to continue working on this project and actually finish it? Or, or another one is, uh, how do you like get started doing game development? And they're always like, they always feel kind of weird about that question. They're like, well, I don't know. All you have to do is just do it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're like, there's nothing crazy about it. Like, I don't have some secret. I just, decided I wanted to do game development so I googled how do I make a game and the first thing that come comes up is like use game maker or use unity or whatever and then they just picked game maker and then they just started making a game <laughs> like it's not it's not some crazy thing that yeah it's not it's never profound no uh and now here they are like several years later and they have this like several games that they've released um you know, they've built basically their own universe with all original art, original stories, original gameplay, everything. Uh, just because all they did was game dev. They're like, I want to be a game developer. So I don't know. Let's make some games. <laughs> uh, but one of the things they mentioned, which I wanted to briefly talk about, was 
to answer that question, like how do I get started game in game development? You know, a lot of people are like, well, my my dream is to become a game developer, but then they come home from work or they come home from school and they open Netflix and they just watch Netflix. Well, their point was, if you really wanted to be a game developer or whatever it is you want to be, a writer, you wouldn't just come home and watch Netflix. You would come home and work on game development. Like you have a you have a choice that you can make and watching Netflix while it might be the easy choice is not actually going to get you to where you want to be. So, if your goal is to become a game developer, you can't just wish it to happen. You have to actually put in the time and effort to make it happen. So, really, if you're choosing every night to come home and watch Netflix when you could be choosing to make games, what do you really want? Your actions are saying you don't want to be a game developer. Your actions are saying you want to go home and be a vegetable. You know? So, I thought it was an interesting conversation. I think that it sort of um, is accusatory in a little bit uh, in in some ways because not everyone can... I mean, some people do really need that push and that help to get started, you know, doing what they want to do. And, and I mean, I think I fell into this trap a lot because I always, I wanted to become a, a programmer and then I'd go home and play Dota or whatever. Yeah. You know, like if I really wanted to become a programmer, I would, I would have, instead of playing hundreds of hours of Dota, I would have spent hundreds of hours programming but it's part of that whole thing where you get in this mindset of like you're you're not capable of doing it you don't really know where to start and then it kind of just spirals out of control and you never end up doing it so it's a little bit i feel like it's a little bit accusatory but it's also kind of a good wake-up call i think for people like really analyze your actions analyze why you're doing certain things and if you find out that you know I mean, by looking at your actions, you're really looking at what you what you really want to do. So, if you want to become a game developer, the first thing you got to do is start making games. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. It's a good lesson to have. Um, and if anybody hasn't done it yet, you guys should go, definitely go check out uh, Coffee with Butterscotch. It is a really f- great game dev podcast. I think it's my favorite. I've been, you know, I was listening to Gamkito. I like Gamkito, but uh, I think I like the community of Gamkito more than I really like the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's a little dry. And, you know, there's interesting people on who do interesting things, and I, I will continue to listen to it. But, uh, and then the other one is Game Dev Unchained, which Taylor recommended to me. I just can't quite get into that one. Yeah. Um, Freaking coffee with butterscotch. Like I listened to the uh, first episode I listened to was one of the latest uh, at the time. It was uh, episode 104. It's called Solar Mining, and uh, or Solar Miners or something. And I, I freaking <laughs> the opening thing they're talking about, uh, you know, people shifting. Uh, it's like a tangent about people shifting careers. Like, oh, you know, yeah, you shift careers just like all of these miners are now moving into all these coal miners are now moving into solar. And then one of the guys, one of the brothers is like, yeah, dude. And see, solar mining is even more dangerous because you're out there like near the surface of the sun. And, <laughs> and for whatever reason, like I was just like, oh, yeah, dude, that's a joke I would have made, you know? Yeah. And I was they're, hooked instantly. Yeah. Well, they're super funny. And I so we've talked about our styles of listening to podcasts before. And Rhett, Rhett always dives into the most current. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think I think the reason you do that is the correct reason, which is to to you know be able to jump into the community and know what's going on currently. My philosophy is, or at least my the way I do it is to just uh, you know start from the beginning and hundred percent it. You know, um, <laughs> which. But how many podcasts have you ever like a hundred percented that have weekly? hour-long episodes what's your completion this is what i want to know <laughs> i well i've 100 percented hardcore history i've 100 percented um this developer's life which is pretty short 100 percented serial um yeah serial head i know like i know eight episodes and you can't really you can't really jump in the middle 
But well, so I I am going to hundred percent butterscotch with or coffee with butterscotch. Um, and I'm halfway there. What I I would uh, I would recommend going through and hundred percenting butterscotch with. God, I keep messing up their title. Coffee with butterscotch, um, because of seeing the growth of their studio, it like they start off episode one or whatever um having they already have a couple games on like the google play store and they're partway through making crashlands which is kind of like their big game that's out right now and um it's really i feel like it out of all the podcasts i've listened to that are related to game development i mean gamkito's really a good one it, it goes through and interviews a whole bunch of people same thing with game dev unchained but butterscotch shenanigan or coffee with butterscotch it really gives you an inside view into a particular studio and how they work and seeing their different frames of mind um, from kind of beginning to end is, is really helpful. And they go through all kinds of, of challenges and different things that they've faced, whether it's like something with, you know, programming or whatever, but, but also with on the business side and marketing and all that kind of stuff, um, going from beginning to end, it's, it's pretty crazy seeing the growth. I actually feel like it's the most beneficial game development podcast I've ever listened to because, because I see that and I can, I mean, I'm still a beginner game developer. I, I haven't even become close to being able to re- release my own game, but I can see where my, perspective will match their perspective at that given point in their game development process and it's been really helpful i feel like i i feel like i have a much better idea about marketing about the business side um about what it takes to release a game and the struggles and challenges that will come up because and and that was part of the reason why we made this podcast was to kind of chronicle our journey to, to getting to that point. And that's exactly what they do on coffee with butterscotch is they're chronicling that whole process. And so it's really beneficial to be able to see that from week to week um, to a point where like at first they hadn't released a game at all. Well, the, their Crashlands game that they, they're mostly working on during the podcast. And then I don't know, episode 35 or somewhere around there, they actually do release Crashlands. And you could see that anticipation. They're like, you know, we have, we've prepared all this time. Um, we're about to release a game. We don't know if it's going to flop. Like, you know, and they talk about what happens if it does flop, what happens if it doesn't flop and it works out great, whatever. And then you see what actually happens. And it's kind of cool just getting that perspective. So I highly recommend going through all of them. And plus, it's really funny. <laughs> Those guys are hilarious. Um, yeah. So, and speaking of which, uh, I, I mean, I've listened to like 40 some hours of their podcast. So I, I felt at a certain point that I wanted to, to get involved and know what they're talking about. Cause they talk about their games a lot. And so I, yeah, they do. I went out and at first I just downloaded, um, two of their games. I downloaded flop rocket, uh, which is just a little <laughs> mobile game and it's pretty fun. It's really hard. Um, and then I downloaded, uh, Roid rage which uh, flop right. flop rocket is kind of like flappy bird, but I feel like it's, we've actually talked about these we, on the podcast. Oh, we have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you challenged me. I think to like download them, maybe not challenge challenge, but you like, we're like, you should play them. Cause you'd really like uh roid rage. Yeah. Which was like the asteroids one or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're super fun. Um, so then I played those a little bit. I still play them every now and again, just for a few minutes here and there. And, and it's fun. But then I also, during the Steam sale, I bought Crashlands on Steam, and I also bought it on mobile. Nice. Uh, they were both on sale, so I, I picked them up. And, and you know, it's one of those things where, like, I've listened to so many hours of their podcasts. Like, I'm, ha- yeah, I'm it's really nice to happy. Give back. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy to support them. And the games that they made are really fun. So um, I highly... Yeah, that was... What? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I highly recommend Crashlands. I've been playing it pretty consistently. Um, and and I have to say, so their studio like started off just with one brother who's an artist and one brother who's a game basically he does game develop or like programming for game maker. 
partway through, they brought in their other brother who ends up being like their web developer. And he, I feel like, kind of is a key piece to how their their studio works, which is that they have this system. It's called uh, Bscotch or Bscotch ID, I guess. And Bscotch ID is basically like you sign up for an, an ID, a Bscotch ID, and then all of your stuff is linked to that ID. So the cool thing is, and I at first I was kind of like, well, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But the cool thing is now that I have Crashlands on mobile and on Steam, my saves are all synced across devices. Oh, cool. So I can play on Steam when I'm at home, you know, on my computer, which, by the way, I like better. But then when I'm out somewhere, if, if I have time and want to play it, I just play it on my phone. And it's actually... Badass. It's really awesome. I found that, like, I play at work on my breaks and stuff, and uh, it's really cool to be able to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm playing through, getting getting through the story, and then I can come home and just play it from the exact same point. And then the other thing that's kind of cool is since, since all of their games link through that system, if you achieve some certain thing in roid rage or whatever like let's say you you get 20 juices which is like their one of their currencies uh if you get 20 juices or whatever it is you might unlock something in Crashlands. so there's kind of this incentive to play all their games and it's all linked to your bscotch id which is super cool you know they've, they've built this entire infrastructure that links all of their games and then all of their games are also kind of like part of the same universe so it's just like, I just feel like it's this really unique thing that they've created, and it's super cool. So anyways, I know I talked a lot about that, but... Eh, it's all right. I, I do really recommend anybody who's into game dev go check out uh, Coffee with Butterscotch if you haven't already. Those guys are really funny. They're really smart. They seem to... Uh, they have a really uh, punk rock attitude about the game dev scene, which is just great. Yeah. You know, like, they're not uptight. They're not persnickety. Um. I, I've I've really enjoyed listening to them. Good. And I'm gonna continue. Cool. So. For reals. Um what else we got, Rhett? I have a whole list of things I wanted to talk about, but I feel like this podcast will go on forever if we do. <laughs> Which I think <laughs> no, is always okay. the case. Yeah. We always like really we get up to an hour and it's just like, oh shit. Yeah, like <laughs> how did we make it here? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to change gears too hard. Like some of the stuff I had to talk about are just basically like articles that I've read um, over this last week, um, which uh, aren't super interesting. Uh, we could always <laughs> save that for an, another podcast. Cause, um, what I'm really excited about is um, we've been talking back and forth with a friend of the show, Rockzom, yeah. who's got a really badass Twitch stream. Uh, he only started game dev like a few months ago, but We've been lurking on his stream and watching his stuff, and his progress has just been like super fantastic. Yeah, and uh, we're excited. Uh, we're actually going to have him on the show next week. Uh, you guys will actually have that episode before you even hear this one, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, it's kind we're of fun. Excited about it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's kind of fun because you'll be able to hear the podcast and then come back and hear us talk about setting yeah. it up. Well, and um, what I what I like about Rocks, um. um you know, we've been with, we've been watching his stream really since around the beginning, and and I think we had thought he had started in March, but he actually started the end of May, so he hasn't even been going for two months yet, which is crazy because now he's like last night I was on his stream and he had forty people watching, which is just insane, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Like his whole thing basically is that he's always loved video games and he you know has always wanted to make video games but he never took took the leap and just recently he decided to take the leap and and stream it all and it really reminds me of us just with a different medium like ours was yeah ours was uh podcasting his is twitch streaming and uh it's cool because you hear him talk about you know he's still this beginner but he's he's inspiring other people to start you know, jumping into game dev or whatever it is that they really want to try, you know, he's kind of stripping that fear from them. And so I really yeah. appreciate that. He's, he's really building a community and 
the one thing that that I think is really cool about him doing that on Twitch is that he gets immediate response. You know, he's on Twitch, he's interacting with people in real time, and he can get immediate feedback because people will follow him right away or or they'll ask him questions. You know, whereas we're doing it and it's much more delayed, which is totally fine. I I really like what we're doing, but it, it's just yeah. cool seeing kind of a different style brought to the same idea that we're trying to achieve, which is to build a community, um, get people interested in game dev, you know, learn from each other. And so that's why I really felt like it was a good idea to bring Roxam on the show and to get his perspective on things and, and see kind of, you know, where his passion is and what he kind of sees for his future. It'll be cool talking to him. Um, and I, th- I think so too. And, and we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, how, how, ways to make communities are by taking communities and bringing them together and so it's kind of cool that in a way we're we're at least like befriending another community another game dev community and and potentially at that point you know we can kind of work together you know and and we'll both have unique perspectives like rockzom does game maker studio we do unity for the most part or just straight c sharp which is cool so we'll have different perspectives in that way but he's also doing Twitch streaming and we're doing podcasting. So it's like different avenues to kind of meet that same goal. And, yeah. uh, and so it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun and hopefully we'll both have some kind of mutual benefit from, from interacting together and that kind of thing, you know? I hope so, so too. Um, so look for that in the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you're a podcast listener like me and you're just joining us, go back and listen to this episode. episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jumping to to Twitch, um, I just want to point out, so this week, uh, I've done some streams in the past, but I'm I'm starting to really want to to use that as kind of another avenue for building a community and, and kind of forcing myself to do game dev. Not saying that I have to force myself to do it because I have been doing like 10 hours a week. Um, but hold yourself a little bit more accountable. Yeah, exactly. Um, this week I decided I'm going to start streaming every Sunday from roughly 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific time um, on my stream and then uh, kind of restream that through us. But uh, So if you want to ever come hang out on my Twitch stream, it's twitch.tv forward slash 7-A-Y-L-O-D-R. Taylord. Um, L, you did I mess spelt that wrong? Seven A Y L O R D O D O. Yeah, you said D R last time. O D R O D R O D R O R D. It's Taylor with a seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this week was was fun. I completed the Udemy, uh, the Unity course section on, um, they call it Laser Defender, which is kind of this top-down space shooter. And so I decided to kind of do the same thing that I did with the Brick Breaker, which is to challenge myself to recreate it. And uh, so I did that on the stream. I'm pretty close to being done. I think maybe one more stream I'll have a completed game. And uh, man, it's really boosting my confidence. Like Rhett and I have been talking about just where we were <laughs> with our game jam as far as Unity skills go and where we are now. Like, yeah. I feel like just going through, I'm not even 50% through that course, and I feel confident to be able to basically make any kind of game that would be on par with like the Brick Breaker or a Pong or like a you know Space Shooter or even even maybe some kind of uh, side scroller. I think I could probably do at this point. Um, yeah, so- I was really impressed with uh, where you were at when we were just doing our little cube moving thing. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh damn, dude. Yeah, thanks. So. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 again, I highly encourage you to to keep at it, keep going with that course. It's been a lot of fun. I picked up uh, there was a sale going on. I picked up two more Unity courses from Ben Tristam for ten bucks. So excited for that too. Nice. Um, yeah. In fact, I think I might after we're done here, I might start streaming again. So gonna try and do sweet. that more regularly. What? I said sweet. <laughs> Are you frozen, dude? Yeah, you froze. Oh, I must be. Oh. Yeah, it's all good. There we go. I think we're back in business. Are we back in business? Back in business. Well, no one on the no one on the podcast will know I froze because 
they're they're gonna hear me be like sweet and you're like what and i'll be like i said sweet and they're like you froze <laughs> on me and i'm gonna be like no i'm not froze on you and then you're like oh there you are you're back now and they're gonna be like taylor's crazy <laughs> which he is yeah Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, man. It's been a really fun week getting back into game dev. Uh, I will say, um, you know, working with you, doing some Unity stuff, doing some more coding, the Euler problems, um, listening to Coffee with Butterscotch just really re-inspired me to get back into it. And actually even, like, inspired me to pursue uh, some of my more, like, creative stuff a little bit more. Done some more writing this week, which is just, like, a total... It's always, like, fun when you get into writing or anything like that, even game dev, and you get like rolling, and then an hour goes by, and you're like, "Oh, that was so fun." Yeah, dude. And uh, it, it's it's difficult because like I played uh, last week, I played some Rocket League with Jason, and I felt bad because Jason's my brother, by the way, listener. I don't know if we've mentioned him, probably have. Um, played some Rocket League with Jason just for like an hour or something. I had some time, and I swear to God, we lost every game. And I walked away from that hour. You know, normally I could play Rocket League and lose every game. And I'm like, oh, that was still fun, just because it's so silly and off the wall and stuff like that. And I, I walked away from that with all those losses. And I was like, that just like wasn't fun at all. And I was like, <laughs> I could have been writing, I could have been reading, I could have been making music or practicing coding. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like this like void of time that I had like wasted. Yeah, um, which I try not to view it like that because you know it is time spent with my brother, even though we're not in the same room or anything. Sure. It's still like you know time spent with a friend and all that sort of stuff but yeah well that's that's something else from that that episode of coffee with butterscotch they were talking about with uh so seth uh the middle brother he um for a while was going to law school and he he ended up dropping out of law school basically because of game development uh and he was like yeah you know i basically was like putting in the minimal amount of work into law school to ensure that i passed classes and then every other waking moment was spent learning game dev and he's like wow you know he's like he gets that question of like well how do you like continue how do you keep the drive up and everything he's like well it's it's kind of like uh you know you have your one thing that you always want to do like maybe for for us a couple years ago it would have been dota he's like just switch that thing to being game dev like as your default thing you do when you don't have anything to do or when you have free time like just make yeah. it game dev and like you'll see tons of progress yeah um and so that's i'm trying to get to that point and i and i think for the most part like when i do have free time i i am spending it doing game development stuff but sometimes you know yeah. like when you have a family and stuff it's kind of hard to always do that you gotta yeah kind of manage your time to to make it balanced but i'm always impressed with uh how much time you manage to sneak in and i know that if i if i wanted to dedicate more time to it i i could Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's it's hard because lately like my average work week has been more than 40 hours um and then it's like a lot of i have to do a lot of work from home and so if i'm home in the evening and i've got time it's like I'll try and eke in a little bit of work that I need to do for my day job stuff. And then, and then it's like when I'm done, you know, it's like you, I mean, you got to bed pretty early. No, like, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's good. You got to wake up early, but I tend to go to bed a little later than you. And so it's like, if our schedules don't mesh up for that and then you're not available, I'm like, well, I don't want to work on this on my own. (laughs) I guess I may as well decompress and like play a game, you know, for an hour or something like that or read a book or, you know, just whatever and it you know it doesn't necessarily feel like time squandered because i do feel like i need that decompression sometimes and it might just be strumming my guitar or reading a book or whatever but uh yeah well yeah i'm always impressed with how much time you find yeah well and, and i think it just goes back to what we were just talking about about making that the default you know and sometimes like like yesterday i i was pretty tired at work and everything and by the time brunch lunch rolled around i was like Ugh, i just want to like chill but then i kind of thought well if i did this every day i wouldn't do anything and i wouldn't get anywhere so i forced myself to to work on game dev and then i ended up doing like 45 minutes of game dev and if i if i do that every lunch 
you know that's like four four hours or whatever of game dev which i you know could have just pissed away so yeah it's all about making that choice and, and figuring it out and, and i don't mean that to to guilt give you guilt or anything but oh i don't feel guilty <laughs> but i i will say though it is important to um especially for a game developer. It is important to play video games. And we talk about this sometimes I think so, too. Yeah. And I, I was going to bring up, so uh, me and my buddy Danny from college, uh, we've been playing Divinity Original Sin every morning, every Friday morning for the last probably like six months. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I And I feel like it's time, you know, that I get to hang out with my friend and whatever. But it's also, it has been useful from a game design perspective, because especially recently, like we're, I'm up to close to a hundred hours in game in uh, divinity and most of it's been really fun. But recently, like we're, we're very close to being done with the game. We're in like, kind of like the last area that you can be in. And we're finding all of these little things that are almost game breaking. And and it's just stupid. <laughs> like yeah. like I love Divinity. It's been one of my favorite RPGs I've ever played, as far as like mechanics go, and like how the leveling system works, and just like you know your how your choice uh, dictates what goes on in the rest of the game. It's been really fun. But there's this issue with these puzzles in this game, where I don't know the puzzles just. They're, they're really difficult a lot of times, and they aren't always that interesting. Like, a lot of the puzzles um, will be this stupid thing where, like, you have to turn all the candles on in the room. Or, like, <laughs> oh, there's this secret switch on the wall that you have to be able to find. And it's, like, basically camouflaged so that you can't see it very easily. So you literally just have to, like, scour the room to find it. So today we were playing and it's like on probably the last main puzzle of the game. It's this gigantic room and there's all these mini rooms inside of it. And you take these um, kind of like uh, little doorways to get into them. And, and you have to go through all of that to get to this last place that's like kind of blocked off from you. And we spent like 45 minutes to an hour trying to figure it out. And eventually Danny was just kind of like, this is dumb. I'm looking it up and he looks it up and what it was, was there's this one particular mini room inside of that big room that has a switch on it, but you can't see the switch unless you have a high enough level in perception on your character. And we didn't have a high enough level. So it's like, okay, the way that they designed this puzzle was that, like they give you the freedom of choice to pick what stats to put into, but they also make it so that if you don't put into a specific stat, that it's very, very difficult to continue on. And it sucks. And like, it's invisible unless, so what we ended up doing was we figured out what room it was because the website we looked, looked at gave us the coordinates of the room, (laughs) like on the map. And so we go into that particular room and then we, ended up having a perception potion that we took to boost our perception and then there it is it appears the little switch and you hit the switch and then that allows you to make it to the that end room it's like wow that basically broke that puzzle because you gave us the freedom of choice to pick what stats to put into and so my point was that it's important to play games because you'll find things that you like you'll find things that you really don't like and that right there to me is like that broke the game that was bad game design yeah it's interesting because i agree with you and but then i wonder because i feel like me and lee have had a conversation much like that maybe not about that game but about puzzles that can't be solved like because i mean is that game like supposed to be beat with a team or is it just like how does that work um well you can play it single player um it it has like a party system where I think if you played single player, you would end up with the same amount of players that you have in multiplayer or characters. How many players? Um, or how many characters? You get four. So in in multiplayer, you each control two, but I think in single player, you control all four. So see, okay, so that's that's something right there is that like I guess ideally 
you would have a character like I guess if I'm thinking of like a D and D game, yeah, uh, you would have a character who had naturally high perception. High perception. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> You know, well, and yeah. so I read that and I'm like, okay, like, or I hear your, your complaint about the puzzle. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and it's interesting because I've always advocated for games that make it so that, well, hey, if you, I mean, that's stupid that the switch was invisible. That's just bullshit. But <laughs> I've always advocated for games where it's been like, well, hey, you can't get past this point really, or it's going to be very difficult for you unless you, uh, you know, have the right skills or the right stats or the right level or the right equipment or whatever uh you know basically i guess uh, my biggest complaint about that exact topic is like something like level scaling uh, yeah like take oblivion for example where it's like you can go anywhere at level one you can beat the game at level one uh or if you're level 35 and you're supposed to feel like a badass all of a sudden highway bandits are like spawning with glass armor and all yeah. this shit and it's like really for sure <laughs> I well so like in in our case we do have a character so Danny's character is kind of like a rogue more of like assassin type of character and she does have higher perception and he's put points into perception but oh, just still not, just high, not enough? high enough so it's well, like at least you okay. guys had a potion but yeah well and that like, that actually was one of the hints i guess in the in the room was that there was a perception potion in one of the rooms but literally it's broken down into probably 24 or more rooms so how would you know the potion only lasts for like 10 seconds what do you think about because okay so a lot of people don't play morrowind because they think that there's a lot of game breaking stuff in there in the sense where you can literally manufacture yourself a potion and then go punch a god in the face and kill him in one punch. Does that type of uh, like gameplay mechanics like ruin the experience for you, or you know where you can you can make a potion that lets you jump like across the map? Yeah. Or well, okay. If if it were a multiplayer game, probably yes. But if you're talking about something that enables you to do something it's different than something that disables you from continuing on through the story. <laughs> right? Like right, it's right. actually pretty cool. Like if you know how to get that potion or create that potion or whatever it is, and it allows you to have this certain time where you're super powerful and can defeat a God, kudos to you for figuring out right. how to do it. It's not like, Oh, you have to beat this God. And unless you know how to do this one thing, which blah, 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 <laughs> then, then you can't continue well, I, to beat uh, it. Then that's BS, dude. I didn't mean to equate the scenarios. I was just asking, like, how yeah. do you feel about, like, that? Because a lot of people play more when they're like, that's stupid. I hate that I can do that. I hate yeah. that. Or like in Oblivion, everybody's like, well, I can make 100% chameleon armor and now nobody can see me. And it's like, yeah, like the chameleon armor was a little bit bullshit in Oblivion, but in Morrowind, like the difference is like you can directly manipulate your stats with potions yeah. or spells. Um, you know, like you could literally make your strength a thousand. Yeah. And go punch a god. You can go punch Vivek in the face and kill him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. I'd have to think on it. Um, but I think that. If it's not if it's not game breaking to the point where you can't do what you're supposed to do, it's not as big of a deal. And and I think it's kind of cool that in Morrowind you have that extra freedom. Like right. I guess it may feel limiting if you don't know how to do that. Um, well, and it's not important. You don't need to do it. And in fact, a lot of a lot of people consider it an exploit, which is why they don't like it. They, I see. You know, to them, it ruins the uh, sense of immersion or whatever they're supposed mm-hmm. to get from the game. Right. Um, well, and the other thing to consider, though, is it's 2017, and that game was made in what, like 2002. Yeah, it's 15 I, years old. I mean, it's still. I won't say that it's a. It's like a game in the early parts of game development, but it's it's much older so it it has missed out on you know 15 years of refinement that we have now actually taylor the modding community is alive and well okay well and okay i'm talking mods, stock, the modders then. have kept that game alive <laughs> yeah uh, no and actually i'd really recommend i'm i've actually uh 
been toying with the idea for a game at dinner uh doing a basically a live stream of because i've actually never completed the main quest of morrowind uh-huh. um so i was considering doing a live stream of um myself completing the main campaign or the main quest through for the first time uh-huh um and I would recommend anybody who like wants to play Morrowind, like there are a ton of mods. Go onto the Morrowind subreddit, and they fix a lot of problems. Uh, like for example, like you can balance out the amount of cliff racers, which I know like the cliff racer thing is now canon. That the cliff, like you know, they got out of control in the lore of the game, and then Geob, the fucking prisoner that you're imprisoned with at the beginning of the game, whom you never see again, later comes back to Morrowind, and somehow like control like he somehow eradicates <laughs> all cliff racers from Morrowind like <laughs> so then he be he becomes a saint <laughs> um uh, but there's uh there's graphic overhaul mods which make the game in, in like my honest opinion like it won't make the game handle different or feel different uh-huh. but it makes the game in my honest opinion look just like Skyrim on low graphics oh that's cool um yeah nice um so it's fun to play it that way because like the armor, the faces, like the textures, like everything looks fucking gorgeous. The water looks amazing. The sunsets look amazing. Uh, and it is the best Elder Scrolls game. So give it a graphics overhaul. Uh, get like the passive and wild, uh, passive and healthy wildlife mod, which like makes it so that like not every freaking wild animal attacks you because they're not supposed to. That was a, a, a dev bug that they had as well. Um, you can thin out cliff racers if that annoys you. Uh, there's so many mods that make the game way better uh, in general. So yeah, go do that. Nice. Anyways, yeah, I, I rant on about Morrowind, but no, I, I, it's it's a game I need to play more. I I have it. Um, I think my parents bought it for me for Christmas, in like 2004 or something, and so I have have it on disc. Um, the problem is that. Uh, I don't have a disk drive anymore. I have I have an external one that I used to install it a while back. I don't know if I told you this. Uh, I had gone through and listened to all of A Game at Dinner, and I was like, dude, I have to play Morrowind. And uh, <laughs> so I, I install it on my computer, on my laptop, and uh, I go to play it, and it's like, you need your CD plugged in. And I have wow. this like USB attachment to my external well, why don't you just like drive? make an image of I it? I could make an image of it, but I'm like, uh, for simplicity, I just want it on Steam. <laughs> and so you haven't bought it on Steam yet. No, I. It's like um, I already. Alternatively, yeah. Um, alternatively, uh, you can probably get it on Good Old Games, which is like DRM free oh. as well. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. I should and, look at that. Uh, I forget yeah, about that have... website. Yeah, it's a great website, and they post a lot of classic games. Like, you could probably find, I don't know, so many freaking old-school games that they have ported from consoles to PC that are now, you know, I mean, impossible to play, but still really fun to have and try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to look it up right now, actually. Yeah, I uh, really recommend for games like that, like good old games, because it's all DRM-free on there. Uh, like, I got Neverwinter Nights on there. Um, and a couple of like classic, ga- uh, Planescape Torment, which is like considered widely considered like one of the best RPGs ever made, just for like the sheer writing. Which yeah. I think that was like one of the Chris Avalon ones that we had. Talked yeah, we about. talked about that. It's on my wish list. It has, like, <laughs> it has like more dialogue and scripting and stuff than like a George R. R. Martin novel. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'll look, I'll look that up. Cool, man. Um, well, we're kind of coming up to the top of our time. We're not totally done yet, but yeah. um... well, I have a couple little things. Um, sure, t- I'll just talk about two things that are somewhat linked. Um, we watched the movie Okja. Or, oh or yes, Oak- I wanted to talk about this at the beginning, and I forgot to bring it up. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. Um, they say the name in the movie a couple times. It's O K J A. Um, man, that movie was deep, dude deep and powerful yeah and uh, really it really hit about like environmental stuff so it's mostly about i would say animal rights um okay which hits home with my family because like we've been vegetarian for about a year and uh 
dude. So the the premise of the story is basically there's this corporation that um, kind of went under a little bit. Like they didn't go out of business, but they had like all kinds of problems. A bad time. Yeah, it's kind of like imagine like Walmart. Um, you know, people hate on Walmart all the time because they do some really questionable ethical stuff. And uh, so it'd be like Walmart deciding that they're going to address world hunger by genetically engineering super pigs. And so that's kind of the start of the movie. And then after they kind of explain that, they cut to this girl who lives kind of in like the forest of South Korea who, and she lives with her grandfather and it's like 10 years later, basically the, the corporation sent out all these super pigs that they engineered around the world to kind of see where these super pigs would like be raised the, the best. best. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, the, this girl doesn't fully understand this cause she's like an early teenager, like 14, 15 or something. And so she, she has, she has a really strong relationship with this pig. Uh, Okja and it's a super pig it takes a long time to develop and it's huge it's like the size of an elephant or something but they show like this really loving relationship between them and then what happens is right right around that same time that we get to meet them the corporation is going around since it's been 10 years to all they're going around to all these different places that they put the pigs and they're trying to find the the one that was raised the best, like the biggest and healthiest and all that stuff. turns out that Okja is like the biggest. So then they take Okja and it's this whole story about basically like this relationship between this girl and her, her pig that she loves and uh, kind of the crazy things that this corporation does to animals. Um, in a way, it actually, now that I think about it, it kind of reminds me of like Charlotte's Web. A little bit. A little bit. But um, yeah, that movie looks so good. I I uh, was gonna watch it the other day because Jonah Ray from The Nerdist was like, "Yeah, this is a movie that you can literally watch right now from your living room, and it is great." Yeah, yeah, and it's on like, Netflix. Oh, Alia had heard Tilda about Swinton's it. Tilda Swinton's in it. Yeah, Tilda Swinton really and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. Oh yeah. And same with there's a guy I forget his name. He's like the silent kid on Little Miss Sunshine. And he's also um, a character in There Will Be Blood. He's also in it. Um, I recommend it. It's deep and it's kind of hard to watch at times. Um, my wife doesn't normally cry in movies, but she was bawling her head off. Uh, and it just really reaffirmed that we don't want to really contribute to like the mistreatment of animals for food yeah so anyways <laughs> uh on top of that we subscribed to soylent uh this week or last week and if you're not familiar with soylent it's basically like a food substitute and it's uh it's vegan which is helps i guess for us and basically what it is is like this powder and you add water to the powder and then you drink it and it is supposed to be really healthy for you. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also really filling, which is crazy. So we got, we got Soylent. We add some protein powder to it, which is helpful. But uh, the idea is that it's going to help us kind of like, I don't know. My, my wife is always concerned about, you know, being healthy and we love food. So it's like really easy to overeat. And like the older we get, the harder it is to like, you know, be fit and everything. And uh, it's supposed to like help us basically make it so we don't have to spend all of our time cooking food. Like it's super easy to make. You just add water to it and kind of like shake, shake it. And uh, so it's interesting. We're we're only on like day three, um, and we're not solely eating our eating soylent or drinking soylent as our meals, but yeah, we're doing it for like two meals a day, and it's actually kind of crazy. It doesn't taste that bad. Some people say it tastes like cardboard, but I think it tastes okay. Kind of tastes like cake batter or something to me. Um, and it's also the cool thing too is like if you do a subscription, um, you get thirty. The cheapest one is or the smallest one is thirty-five meals for fifty-four dollars. So it's like super cheap compared to normal food. 
it's it's cheap it's nutritious and it's fast all things that are seem pretty good to me so we'll see how long we we last on it um i just wanted to mention that because it's kind of like a life-changing thing for us next time you're over you can try some if you want Rhett. yeah i'll give it a go i've i've heard other people give it a go uh like uh, one of my buddies from work has he's like a kind of a health nut and he's really into you know fitness and and bodybuilding and that sort of thing and he was trying soylent he uh i don't think he stuck with it very long he said it was um pretty bland um yeah but i'd give it a go it, the like seems like a pretty neat idea for a product like even if it's not something that i like you know commit to or do all the time yeah. like <laughs> that's fine <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it's supposed to be kind of a neutral flavor and and they're still pretty new so their formula keeps changing they're trying to kind of perfect it um but there i read this blog about this guy who um only ate soylent for a couple weeks and he did like all kinds of measuring before he ended up in i think two weeks he lost seven pounds and then he also measured like cholesterol all, all these different things related to health even like uh how quick he was with like his twitch muscles and stuff and pretty much everything was better after only drinking soylent for two weeks which was interesting and i don't know if that would sustain for a much longer period of time but well i'd wonder like yeah i would be interested in like the long-term results because like what like seven pounds in two weeks is fine for somebody like me, but then you get somebody who's actually healthy and wants to like sustain weight. Yeah. Like how much, like where's, where's like sort of the, the equilibrium point, like would they be able to sustain a healthy weight or would they start dropping too much? Yeah. Well, and you, uh, so, I mean, basically you get this one big kind of water bottle jug kind of thing that comes with your shipment. And for us, we have this packet like set they came with seven packets which is five meals and you pour it into the jug with like water and you just shake it up and one packet like one whole container of that liquidy soylent is 2000 calories so if you drank that all day or if you drank that whole thing in one day i mean 2000 calories you're getting like the i'd say that's kind of a standard daily amount of calories right yeah, they say that's like the balanced amount for like the average amount for an adult person. Yeah. You'd have to like actually you'd have to actually like measure your weight loss and stuff with your like activity level to see like where the balance is to figure out like what your optimum is cuz people run at different Yeah. you know, they burn more calories even just at like a sitting thing. Like one person might more burn more than another. Right. Um Yeah. Especially like depending on your weight and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, yeah i'm I'm curious to see where it goes if 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 it's one of those things where we end up just saving money and have kind of this healthy thing that we can go to when it's you know like convenient convenient that's cool i'm down with that yeah you know yeah so cool man anyways well uh you will you'll have to keep us posted on how that works out because i i've been you know i've seen the advertisements everywhere yeah and of course you know you can't help but make the joke yeah. Uh, about so. Oh green. yeah. Like, that's that's hmm. definitely that's why they <laughs> named it that for sure. Oh yeah. Um. Um. So you'll have to keep us posted next week. Let us know how it's going. Yeah, for real. And let us know if you plan to keep uh, using it and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Well, and I also, if anyone's interested too, um, I also had a really good experience with it too because so I got, um, I got it in the mail. There's seven packets. The first packet that oh, I yeah. grabbed has like a it had like a slit down the middle that wasn't supposed to be there. And I picked it up and it kind of like came open. So I emailed their support at like 6 p.m. at night. And I got an email back within like five minutes that said they're shipping me out a tub. And a tub is like, I don't know, five times as big as a packet. So like they're super good as far as support goes. And um, I just have a really good, really good vibe from them as a company too. So Anyways, good. pretty cool. Yeah, it's always a good idea to have like to find a company, you know, that uh, offers like good customer service and actually, you know, I don't know it because it. Uh, I think it leads to like more customer loyalty. Oh yeah, like same thing with Google Fi. I've had great experience with their customer service, and 
So it's like, why would I ever want to go with anything else? You know? Yeah. For sure, man. Well, that's awesome. You'll have to keep us posted. I'm excited to, to hear more about the results. Yeah, for real. Well, anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, I'll, I guess I'll just uh, leave us with this. Um, I know we're kind of right at the last of our time. Rode a motorcycle for the first time uh, this week. Yeah. Ever. Uh, it was a total freaking blast. I got my motorcycle class coming up, the first one, tonight. Nice. Uh, and then I got all weekend. Um, I bought my very first motorcycle helmet, which was kind of cool, a daunting experience. I wore it yesterday while watching uh, Crit Juice stream. <laughs> Chief of Fit. It's, they, say to, they say that you need to uh, wear it for like an hour or so, like while you're watching a movie or TV to see if it truly fits yeah. and isn't like too tight in the wrong places and all that. So I don't know. It seemed to fit all right. So we'll see. Um, and uh, yeah, next week I'll probably be riding around on a little motorcycle. You know what's up? Oh, yeah. So we'll I'll let Maybe you know you can how that take goes. a little trip down south, you know. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> you know, get that nice weather, come rocking down. Yeah, dude, be fun. Um, but that's all I wanted to say. Cool. So yeah, pretty exciting. Sweet man. Well, this was fun. Um, look back in time for the Roxam episode, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, tune in next week, same place, same time. We'll be here for real. You guys can uh, reach out to us on Twitter. We're at GameDevsQuest. You can email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash airpodcast. And uh, as always, please uh, give us a rate and review on your favorite uh, podcast app of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, that sort of thing. Um, And subscribe to us if you are interested in not missing an episode. And I think if that's all we got to say... That's it, boys. Thanks for tuning in. Boom. Cue that music. Yeah.